From Olympic City and the home of Pikes Peak, this is the Automotive ADHD Show. All right, here we are rocking it for another weekly edition of the Automotive ADHD Show. My name is Matt West, and I am here to talk to you today about cars. Yeah, well, it's kind of in the name of the show. Now, we've had uh, more snow and cold this week here in Colorado. I haven't been out driving very much, not doing too much car stuff. I have been in the garage, though, doing tons of things, making great progress on the new automotive ADHD project car, the Barn Find AE86. It's really cool. I have some updates on it for you, but first, we got a loaded show today. Loaded show. Going to be talking about the Bronco Raptor. That is the biggest, most hyped piece of news so far. Also going to be hearing from a former Top Gear Stig, and I am going to be announcing this month's winner in the car sound giveaway. Yes, and that could be you. That is going to be in the third segment of the show. You got to stick around for it. Now, with the uh, automotive ADHD project car, I don't have a good name for it yet. It is an A86. It is a hatch. It's missing some minor things, uh, namely the engine and transmission. But, you know, it's it's not terrible. The, the body's straight. It's not rusty like, at all for an A86. Um, and I mean, I've, I've been around a lot of those. And uh, <laughs> let me tell you a thing about rust. Um, but that said, I asked on the Automotive ADHD Facebook page, facebook.com slash automotive ADHD, what, uh, what engine I should put in it within reason, you know, stuff that I have the availability uh, and the skill to uh, put into this car. And some of the options listed there, listed there with the uh, uh, Toyota 4AGE Blacktop. That's the 20 valve last generation of the 4AGE. It's got individual throttle bodies. It is a beautiful engine, and I've done that swap already on another AE86. So you know, I got familiarity going going for it. I know the platform. I mean, I could do that swap in my sleep, basically. Alternatively, the other option, Honda F20C out of a Honda S2000, 9,000 RPM, 2 liters, 240 horsepower, great engine. They are uh, exorbitantly expensive and they're very hard to fix when they break, but I do have one uh, coincidentally sitting in my garage. And no, I I didn't pay market value for it. I've had it for years. (laughs) I've had it before they were uh, unobtainium, but I have that. And uh, I was like, well, maybe I could put that in the car. Or here's another idea. OBD1 Kenobi. You also know him as Mechanic Brian. Uh, He's been on the show several times and uh, he's a Volvo technician and he's got a ton of Volvo engines sitting in his garage, as well as uh, an insane amount of knowledge on these platforms, namely the T5 platform, which is Volvo's all aluminum, aluminum head, aluminum block, five cylinder, dual cams. It's really a cool engine. It's factory turbocharged. And uh, these engines are dirt cheap. Now, I was looking into the specs on some of them, about 250 horsepower, factory turbo, like I said, and they're lightweight. In fact, they weigh about as much as the original 4AGE that would have been in that AE86, yet they make like 100 horsepower more. Factory, that like a, a well-tuned 4A is going to make like 220 horsepower, like at max. That is uh, naturally aspirated, at least. That is max. But these Volvo engines, come on, 250 stock, and there's all that room for growth. So the good news is, uh, and and uh, Alan on the Facebook page, Alan also commented on that, said the uh, the Volvo engine is a great idea. He's a bit of a Volvo connoisseur. And uh, I am happy to report 
that that is what's going to happen to this car. And I'm committed. I'm committed. The bell housing has already been sourced, and uh, OBD1 Kenobi has generously donated a T5 five-cylinder white block. Now, all we got to do is find a transmission, figure out how to put it in the car. I don't even know if it's going to fit yet, but... Not going to know till I try. So anyway, about uh, less than 100 bucks has been spent so far. So that's a little bit of the update on this stupid, stupid project. I hope you do follow along with it. It is going to be really fun. And if you're curious, I do have some photos of it on the Facebook page. Now, ladies, gentlemen, AMC Pacers, let's talk about the biggest piece of automotive hype all week, dare I say, all year. Well, I mean, we're, we're still into the first month of the year. That might be a bit generous. But the Ford Raptor, or wait, it's not called that. It's called the Ford Raptor. <laughs> it is the Bronco Raptor edition. Yes, uh, you know, the Bronco uh, was released recently and has had huge success. I mean, tons of people foolishly paying well above MSRP for it, for base models too, I should add. And it does have a really cool pseudo retro design. I really like the way it looks. Uh, maybe not so much the base model, but like the higher trim ones. They do look really good, and I, I actually like them quite a bit. I'm not a Ford guy, but these are cool. Uh, and it's also the first Jeep competitor in decades so uh and proper competitor at that too i mean you know it's really going toe-to-toe -to -toe with the jeep wrangler which has just lived competition free for like 20 plus years um if not more than that honestly um now the raptor models in ford's lineup usually have been exclusive to the f-150s you would have the f-150 raptor and the raptor of course is their top trim their bestest bestest off-roader ever uh, it's got tons of off-roading equipment and it's a little bit different than a traditional off-roader in the sense that it's made to go off-road fast jeeps are made to go off-road kind of slow do rock crawling that sort of thing the f-150 raptor was the closest thing you could get to a factory you know baja 1000 truck essentially now granted real baja trucks are way different custom roundup builds but you know it's a, a car that's designed to go off-road very fast do very big jumps and they're advertised as being able to do jumps and this is a really popular segment of the market now and that's and that's evidenced by um the ram trx as well which was built to compete with the f-150 raptor well now ford has taken this um has taken this already successful bronco i mean the bronco has been massively hyped um, they've, they've taken that and they've made a Raptor version, which means it's got all sorts of goodies. It's insane. It's wide. It's powerful. It's opulent. It's wide. Did I say wide? Yeah, it's massive. Uh, it's got these huge black plastic fender flares. They extend nearly a foot from the body, and the whole truck is practically fender flare, in my opinion. I mean, like, it really is. I mean, would you like some Bronco with your fender flares? Because those flares are huge. And I can't say I'm actually a fan of how they look. They're big. They are functional. I'll give them the, uh, the functionality point there. But uh, they don't look very good. And I feel like... Ford could have done something different to make those flares look like the actual the actual Baja truck that Ford is racing, which is a Bronco Baja vehicle. And again, Baja is being the, you know, off road high speed race uh, that has been run for years through the desert now. Uh, and then Ford does have a purpose built Bronco. I say Bronco in air quotes because it's basically a fiberglass Bronco body on top of a custom chassis. But 
you know, whatever. It's a Bronco. Uh, but the way they did the fender flares on that machine would look a lot nicer than what Ford has done with these big plastic fender flares tacked onto the new Bronco Raptor. And I get the reasoning for that. I get the reasoning as, you know, manufacturing and production costs. And, you know, they probably did a cost analysis. They could probably do the fender flares like the actual race truck version, but it probably wouldn't be all that profitable and it would probably jack the price of this thing way up. And, you know, they wanted to undercut this thing underneath the top trim Jeep Wrangler, which is the four-door Rubicon 392, 392 for the 392 cubic inch V8, which is very cool. Um, and uh, I will say, uh, I, uh, car and driver rider uh, Ezra Dreyer, uh, by the way, called these uh, fender flares. Get this. He called them the automotive equivalent of 1980s shoulder pads. Yeah, <laughs> that's honestly pretty good. Uh, or should we call them shoulder flares? Maybe that's a new thing, a new style trend. Yeah, if it is, you you, you heard it here first. So um, that said, I can't think of a better way that Ford could make these flares look better. I don't really think so. Uh, you know, not within probably keeping into their con uh, production constraints. They even said in a press release that one of the reasons the fender flares aren't paint match to the vehicle is because they would have to retool their whole assembly line and uh, their whole paint booth system in order to do that. Now, why you don't just paint them separately from it uh, and then stick them on? I don't know. Maybe no one told them that. Um, but it's the, probably some reason, uh, though. You will hear people say, oh, it was too big to paint. That's how wide it was. No, that's not true. Ford just didn't want to spend the money to paint it. So baloney, baloney. Anyway, uh, the truck is cool. It's on 37 inch tires from the factory. That is insane. I mean, I don't think I've seen bigger than a 35 inch tire on a factory machine. It's got 13 inches of suspension travel, uh, you know, to get you up those uh, steep mall curbs in the parking lot. And uh, it's got a three liter turbo six cylinder V6. And that's from the uh, Explorer XT. And uh, that is a modified version of that engine. And they haven't released the official horsepower numbers, but they said it's over 400. So uh, which might be why they're not talking about V8 stuff. Just saying, because that's already a really powerful turbo six. But anyway, more on that later. Now, the frame has also been completely reworked um, and doesn't share a ton of parts, actually, with the regular Broncos frame. They changed everything from uh, bracing in the frame to the actual shock towers. These are all new parts that are factory welded onto this frame as it's being built. So it's not not exactly feasible to just replicate a Bronco Raptor, like, oh, buy a base trim one and you'll go modify it to be a Bronco Raptor. Uh, there have been some substantial changes to the frame to make this machine possible. Um, and it also has extra reinforcement all over it, including on the roll cage to keep this thing stiff. They wanted you to be able to run this with the roof off, the doors off and still bomb around in the desert, which is a lot of fun. They wanted you to be able to do that. So um, and, and this truck is going to be at about the seventy thousand dollar ish mark, which, again, they're going for the Jeep market here. You know, sure, they could have made the fender flares different. They could have made it look all these different ways. But you know what? They were trying to probably keep it to that seventy thousand dollar price tag. Because the Jeep, uh, the V8 392 Rubicon retails at about $74,000. And you're getting about the same amount of power in this uh, Bronco Raptor. Even though it's not a V8, it's a Turbo 6. Uh, and the reason, they haven't officially said the reason for the V6 and not the V8. But it's speculated by a lot of big sources that it's probably because of packaging constraints with these new shock towers that they had to put into this thing. Uh, you know, and that, that robs clearance in the engine bay. Uh, so... Or either that or they're just going to make a V8 version later with a, like a Coyote Ford V8. That would be cool. That would be cool. Just saying. Uh, again, the Bronco has been a 
massive sales success. The previous F-150 Raptors have been in massive success as well. Uh, I had some extensive uh, driving time in one of them, too. A friend of mine used to have one and uh, a second generation Raptor. And God, that's a cool truck. I can't say I'd want to own it, but you can absolutely do any Jeep trail thinkable at like 60 miles an hour, assuming the trail's wide enough to fit the truck. Yeah, but the suspension on it is insane. Uh, and you combine these two major, major drivers of sales, right? The the Raptor and the Bronco, and you combine them to make the Braptor. <laughs> I like calling it that. That's uh, I think that's the best way to call it, but it's going to be insane. Like Ford's going to sell a ton of these. There's no question about it. I think they've absolutely knocked it out of the park as far as sales are concerned uh, or future sales rather. And um, and they're I think they're winning right now. Jeep doesn't have something that is quite on par with the capability of the Bronco Raptor. And, uh, you know, again, Jeep, Jeep makes great machines. I I'm a fan of them. I, you know, I own two of them, but the fact is that, I mean, look, you know, the, the Raptor and the Bronco, both are major hype machines. This is going to be the talk for pretty much the next year. But that said, I will stick to my $800 stroker Jeep. Thank you very much. I, I, it'll be nice to see these Broncos after the $50,000 dealer markups go away. Just, uh, just throwing that out there. So, hey, now coming up in the uh, next segment, I have a special, special uh, sound clip for you. We're going to hear from former Top Gear Stig and racing car driver Paul Gerard. I promised this last week and I'm going to deliver on that promise. You got to stick around. That's in just a minute. And now for how things work with an engineer. Transmissions. Shift. And that was How Things Work with an Engineer. For more of How Things Work, go to patreon.com slash throttlewarrior. Yeah, there we go. That's Arturus and his 1999 BMW 328i. Gotta love the sound of a nice, smooth BMW straight six. I would say one of the best sounding modern European engines in my humble opinion i am a sucker for straight sixes whether they're japanese or whether they're german i think they're fantastic and uh now that could be your car sound on the show email your car sounds to matt at throttlewarrior.com or you can post them on the automotive adhd facebook page facebook.com slash automotive adhd and stick around for the third half of the show because i'm going to announce the winner of this month's car sound giveaway that's right if you do send your car sounds in you will be entered for a chance to win in a drawing for some really cool stuff you got to stick around i got more details on that coming up but um anyway a couple of weeks ago i talked about gm's new electric vehicle silverado and uh and, you know they they announced it to much fanfare but i joked at the time that you know by the time this ev silverado makes production Elon Musk will have announced yet another Cybertruck delay because i mean that truck has been delayed massively, and uh, I wasn't really being all that serious. I wasn't, be, you know, I wasn't. But but here we are. Here we are. That's the funny thing. This is way sooner than I thought. The EV Silverado isn't even actually close to market yet. And in uh, a couple days ago, uh, Elon said that, nope, the Cybertruck will not be available in 2022. And uh, he's saying now, hopefully hopefully 2023 hopefully you know that 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 sort of verbiage really instills confidence in people who put money down to to uh reserve their spots for this truck i'm just saying now 
This can't be all that good for customer morale, honestly. You know, I know folks who own every Tesla product. They love them. They have their reservations and they're plenty serious about buying the truck. They just, you know, would like to buy it. More importantly, they're getting antsy. They're like, come on, where's the truck at? If this truck doesn't come out, I'm gonna have to buy something else. So, yeah, they want their trucks, Elon, just saying, um, you know, GM, Ford, Rivian, they've all been able to get these electric trucks into production to announce them and actually start producing them. Now, obviously, we don't have the Ford uh, F-150 Lightning or the GM uh, or the rather the Chevy Silverado EV in customer hands yet, but they're they're actively like producing them. They're, they're actually working on them and uh, they're major manufacturers. And when they say they're going to release a car, they usually tend to do it. And uh, Rivian has beat everybody by being the first to get a truck like that to market. And initial reviews are honestly pretty good. You know, we don't know long term reliability on these, um, but initial reviews are sounding pretty good. Now, will the Cybertruck really be that much better than the competition? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's going to I won't say it's going to look better than the competition. I'm not going to go that far. But, um, and, uh, you know, for the wait, like people are going to be waiting so long to get their hands on these trucks. And is it going to be any better than if they just bought the GM one? I don't think so. And I especially don't think so because these are EVs we're talking about. They're all soulless and characterless. And you're going to have no difference driving a Chevy one versus a Ford one versus a, a Cybertruck one, Tesla one. You're not because electric motors have no character. Just saying <laughs> in my opinion. The feel of these trucks will be down to the suspension and the interior, and that's about it. You don't have that character of an engine, and I think that is tragic. Just uh, just my two cents there. So now speaking on delivering promises, um, I promised last week that my brief interview with former Top Gear Stig and racing car driver Paul Gerard, I, I promised that I would dig that audio up and, and play at least a, a sliver of it. And uh, last week I was talking about uh, Pikes Peak Hill Climb Racing, which is fitting since I live in the shadow of that very mountain. I mean, like it's right here in Colorado. And uh, a couple of years ago, I was out with some media people at an event doing interviews and stuff like that and um, ran into Paul Gerard. And uh, he spent <laughs> this is where it's kind of tragic. Uh, he uh, he spent his whole day hours doing media interviews, talking to people, socializing. Everyone was constantly berating him, asking him you know, uh, you know, what do you think the car is going to do up the mountain? You know, what are some challenges you're going to face all this and all that? And uh, then here I come along and I'm like, gosh, what can I ask him that he hasn't already been asked today? And I was like, what kind of toothpaste do you use? <laughs> and uh, here, here, I'll, let me just let me just roll the clip. Here's his answer. No, I have no preference, whatever. Yeah. Is it minty and can I brush my teeth with it? Yeah. Basically, you do the checkered flag faster? Basically, yes. Doesn't yeah, make the yeah we don't think about things like that. No with much intensity yeah there you go i see i know what you're thinking right you're you're thinking man you had the ability to ask the stig from top gear anything in the world and you asked that yeah i did <laughs> i absolutely did and uh, but it does go to prove that the stig actually he does have a mouth he has teeth and he likes to keep them clean and no he does not think that having clean teeth makes you any faster so there you go. Uh, you didn't ask for that audio clip. Neither did Paul Gerard ask to be asked that question. 
But but here we are. Here we are. Uh, I actually <laughs> I kind of feel bad. I kind of feel bad. I could looking back at some of that audio, I could tell he was just trying to be nice and not punch me in the face while I was asking him questions. So, um, yeah, I do envy his lifestyle, though. The dude spends his time uh, driving professionally. He teaches professional driving. He writes books and he races Pikes Peak in his free time. That's really cool. I mean, that sounds like a ton of fun. Would I do that? Absolutely. But I'm <laughs> I'm also not quite as much of a driver, uh, not yet, at least as he is uh, still still working on that. Not quite the stig. Far from it. But um, yeah, there you go. Now, I will also commit to some really great Pikes Peak coverage this season, which is something I can do kind of exclusively, you know, because I do this podcast here in Colorado. I mean, I'm literally looking at Pikes Peak. It is I could go drive to it here in 20 minutes if I wanted to. So, you know, why can't I bring you some exclusive coverage that you're not really getting from anyone else? And I, I think I can do that and I'm going to commit to that. And uh, there'll be more news about that as the racing season gets closer to the summer, which is usually when they you know tend to run that race. Uh, there's a lot of snow on the mountain right now. Just throwing that out there. They don't run that in the snow. Uh, so and I'm, I, I you'll have that to look forward to. And I'm sure Paul won't be looking forward to me being there again and bugging him about. I don't know. I'll come up with something else stupid to ask him, like what kind of deodorant <laughs> does he use? So anyway, hey, coming up in the next segment of the show, going to be talking not only not only about some really great things involving an AMC Pacer. I know that's kind of a contradiction. Great things in an American Motors product. But I'm also going to be announcing this month's car giveaway winner. And that could be you. You got to stay tuned. That's coming up right here. Did you know there's a rare but serious condition affecting one out of every million? Most are born with it. And despite decades of research, doctors struggle to find a cure. The truth is, thousands of people simply don't know what cars are. For those affected, things are grim, but recent developments show promising success. New clinical trials using breakthrough audio technology have shown a 69% improvement in patients with the most severe symptoms. Treatments vary, but one day we may see a cure. More information is available at ThrottleWarrior.com. Yeah, those cars sounds courtesy of Tim. That is his Chevy Nova. Nice, big, choppy cam for a really cool sounding idol. How cool is that? I have uh, I have been called out on not including enough American classic muscle stuff. And so, so there you go. There you go. And thank you to Tim for uh, sending that car sound into the show. And, you know, that brings me to something, you know, very special it is the super special, very first introductory inaugural maiden voyage, whatever you want to call it. The very first car sounds giveaway. Yeah, no. So I, I started these car sounds as, you know, sort of a way just to have, you know, you interact with the show and me also be able to play cool car sounds, uh, which is something I enjoy. Noise is such a big part of driving cars to me. Uh, and it's evolved into something a little more than that. You know, yes, you can send your car sounds in, but now this is also a way for you to have a chance to win some cool stuff. And I'm very proud to, to say that's something I can do now. Um, now, I've had a bunch of submissions over the past month and even more going back, and I, I have pooled all of those submissions together, every single person into a giant bucket of, of names that I have drawn from the back of my crusty old AMC. You don't really want to know what's back there. It's nasty, but, but I have picked one 
winner at random to win a $25 parts store gift card and a freshly minted automotive ADHD key tag. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. I got one of them right here. Well, I mean, you can't see it, but you can. You, this is on my keychain. Now, if you do want to see what this looks like, uh, it's really cool. It's embroidered. It's really high quality. It seems like a nice, sturdy piece. And it's um, it, most importantly, it says automotive ADHD on it, which is really cool. And if you want to see what it looks like, I've got it up on the automotive ADHD Facebook page right now. And, uh, you know, I promised something practical and, you know, and, and I shall deliver on that. Right. You know, this key tag here, it's better than a T-shirt that keeps you warm or a hat that blocks the sun. No, you attach this thing to your keys and it looks cool. How practical is that? I love it. I love it. Uh, and actually, it is sort of practical because I I've had these key tags and different ones on my keychain for years. And I really like the ability to have something to grab onto when you pull your keys out of your pocket and it's not something that's super long like a lanyard. I've never been a fan of having big lanyards on my keychain. So uh, they're actually really cool. Again, uh, you know, you got to check it out if you want to see what this looks like on the Facebook page. And uh, so this is this is cool. Now, before I actually announce the winner, I'm, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. I know. Um, by the way, if you sent car sounds in and you regrettably don't win, that is OK. I am going to just keep using the same of entries. I'm not going to reset it at the um, uh, the end of the month. No, you're still entered. If you sent it in, sent a sound in, you're still entered. You could win when I do the same drawing next month. But without further ado, I'm going to announce the winner. Let's uh, get a drum roll, please. We don't have the drum roll sound effect. Okay. You know what? I'll just bang on the desk. Here we go. There we go. All right. Mr. Josh Maldonado, you have been chosen at random to win this fantastic piece of fabric that you attach to your keys, as well as a $25 uh, gift certificate, which is cool. And, uh, you know, and I'm, uh, you know, I, I did this at random, but I'm actually really happy that Josh is the winner because uh, he has been an OG of the show. He has been there since really early on, and he's been a constant and active contributor to the Facebook page and always sends me cool stuff. So I think there's no one better fitted to win this than you, Josh, and I'm going to reach out to you over direct message to get some more details uh, so I can actually mail this stuff to you. And uh, but, but before we do that, let's hear one of the car sounds that Josh sent in. Here we go. I'll, I'll roll that. Yeah, his 300 horsepower 2007 Acura TL Type S on the dyno. Keep him coming. Keep them coming. You can send your uh, car sounds again. Facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. Matt at throttlewarrior.com. Now, speaking of that Facebook page, let's move on here. I uh, I posted about the Wayne's World AMC Pacer earlier this week. It was going up for auction. Well, that auction happened Wednesday. <laughs> and it's a surprisingly high amount of money for a uh, AMC Pacer. But if you're unfamiliar with the Wayne's World movie, it's a 1992 cult classic of a film with Michael Myers, uh, same guy who uh, was behind, uh, you know, Austin Powers. He was also the voice of Shrek, that dude. And uh, the movie also had rock star Alice Cooper in it. How cool is that? Now, fun little story. I worked at a rock radio station a few years ago and Alice Cooper came to town. And uh, I have to say, he literally like in person, he literally looks the same as he does in the movie. And the movie was filmed 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. He literally looks the same. Alice Cooper. 
hasn't changed. He, he is immortal for all we know. So, uh, but anyway, Mike, uh, Michael Myers, his character Wayne and his character's friend Garth, who is played by um, uh, Dana Carvey, drive around in the movie in a 1976 AMC Pacer called the Mirthmobile. Yeah, it's this weird fishbowl-looking car uh, that was made by my favorite car company, American Motors. And uh, disclaimer, I currently own two AMC products. I, I might I might have an addiction. It's, it's a nasty addiction. Uh, trust me, you don't want to catch that one. But uh, that said, AMC, it's a cool car company. It was the competitor to the big three, you know, Ford, Chevy, and Dodge back in the 70s through the 80s. And look, think of it now. No one's basically competing with them on the same level. Tesla's trying to. Rivian's trying to, which is is impressive now. But for a very long time, there's been no competitors, uh, American competitors to those big three. Uh, and, and in the movie, the AMC Pacer was picked because it looked dorky and it was weird. And at the time, it was just a 16-year-old used economy car, much in the same way we now would look at a 2006 Civic basically the same thing nothing special now the cool thing about the actual car used in the movie is it was recently purchased and restored by the pawn stars guy the pawn stars tv show rick harrison fully restored it and it even still has the uh, in dash cup dispenser and a ceiling licorice dispenser yeah how cool is that now the car sold for a total by the way of seventy one thousand five hundred dollars nope they couldn't get the bid up to seventy two thousand 71.5. And honestly, that's a movie car bargain. Like, what other cool movie cars could you buy for less than 100 grand? Like, seriously, try to buy a Fast and Furious car for less money than that. You can't do it. And um, that said, it might be a movie car bargain, but that's also an incredible amount of money to ask for a pacer. I think the fact that it's an AMC product outweighs the fact that it's a movie car and is something special in that regard. It's still a clapped out old pacer. And uh, I mean, I, I can't talk much. My uh, my American Motors Hornet was uh, $600 and the $800 Stroker Jeep, which was also made by American Motors at the time, was, well, it was $800. That's why I call it that. But uh, no, yeah, this $71,000 Pacer, way out of my budget, it is far from it. But maybe this will set, set a trend for classic AMCs. I feel like the big classic car craze totally passed up American Motors cars. Like, you know, old, old 70 Chevys. Ton of money. Dodges, ton of money. Unless it's a dart. Uh, you know, and, and Fords too. Like Mustangs, tons of money. And then there's American Motors. And they had cool cars. They had the Javelin. They had, I won't say the Pacer was, it was interesting. They had the Gremlin, which was cool. They had the Hornet. I mean, yeah, they had neat cars. They've never been a big part of the collector market. And maybe this will change things. Maybe one day my clapped out Hornet will sell for like $601. <laughs> That's, uh, that's wishful thinking. So, uh, but yeah, there you go. Wayne's World. Fantastic movie, by the way. Just just throwing that out there. It's a classic. Definitely a cult film. Um, interesting humor. I, it, it is on my recommended list to you. If you're looking for a not car movie, but a really cool movie to watch and you haven't seen it, go check out Wayne's World. So now before I wrap things up, I do have one more special announcement. I know another one, right? Well, for Patreon members, and there are a few of you, and I want to thank each and every one of you and also thank Renai who just subscribed this week. I have some new stuff 
for Patreon members, starting with this episode, uh, people on the Patreon, there's only one tier right now, keeping it simple, but people there will be able to get the show a day early. So you'll get it on Saturdays where the show is regularly posted on Sundays for uh, free listeners. And I'll also on the Patreon be able to feature some cool longer form interviews as kind of exclusives there. Uh, interviews like uh, Wesley Kagan's uh, DIY Koenigsegg Free Valve, stuff with OBD1 Kenobi, any future stuff too. You know, as, as you may know, this show also airs on the radio, Southern Colorado, 91.7 KLZR. And, and as a result, I can't always do a, you know, like a two hour long in-depth, you know, Joe Rogan style interview. It's not always possible. So uh, when I can, though, I'll be able to provide you some more exclusive stuff and some fun updates from the uh, Barnfine 86 project. That's all going to be up on the Patreon. So you definitely want to check that out. And now that said, this show will always remain free, though, and you can subscribe to it wherever fine podcasts and, you know, this one are downloaded. Uh, and I will see you next week, same time, same place, when I learn why you shouldn't try to steal James Bond's car. I'll see you then. <laughs>